Welcome, everyone, to the PWC's Monday Night Machismo. It is I, Evil Dose, Dr. Jeff Lipman, riding solo once again. As we know, Chris Ams doesn't watch Raw. Watch SmackDown, but not Raw. And Jimmy T, we don't know where he is. Some people have sent up the flares. We've got the dingoes on the case. The wallabies, the kangaroos, they're out. We got permission from... Kevin freaking Castle to use the best wombats out there to track them out. We even listed all the marsupials, even the chlamydia-ridden koala bears. So, you know, well, any leads are appreciated. There are going to be big rewards, and by big rewards, I mean probably absolutely nothing at all. But, you know, if someone can find them, when we do have PWC merch, maybe I'll send you something. Yeah, well, you know, let me know. If you're the one who finds them and we ever put the merch up, uh, we do have designs for it, but if we ever put the merch up, maybe I'll buy you one. Um, anyway, we're covering Raw, and it's on a Tuesday. So I watched Raw today, being Tuesday, June 13th. Obviously, it aired last night, Monday night, June 12th, coming out of Kansas, Wichita, in fact. So Raw opens up with a new belt ceremony for Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea is getting cheered, the belt. Looks exactly like Seth Rollins' belt design, except it's white. Very similar to what um, Bianca, I'm sorry, not Bianca Belair, Asuka was awarded on SmackDown this past Friday. No one should be surprised by this. We have talked about this. We predicted that there would be new women's belts with new names. And so this is the world's heavyweight championship uh, belt. And the one on SmackDown, as far as I can tell, is being called the Undisputed heavyweight championship. Um, so Roman's world title is going to be called that while Seth's is called the world heavyweight championship and probably coming in the not too distant future. The same will apply to the tag team championships as well. Uh, championships as well. Anyway, listen, the crowd was cheering for Rhea as if a face. Uh, now I've sort of figured that she was going to do a face turn at some point, but uh, this thing with Dominic sort of took a life of its own. And it's still going, but I'm not sure how many, you know, how much more legs it has. I've always been a dumb skeptic. Um, I think, frankly, advancing Rhea is more important than advancing Dominic. I think you've gotten as much out of him as you're going to, you know, and when I say as much, I don't mean like tomorrow. I mean, like in the next six months or so. Um, anyway, there's cheers for mommy, mommy, mommy. Uh, and then Dom comes out and he's greeted with booze. I don't know if they were piped in, if they were organic, whatever. Um, and Cody interrupts. He comes into the ring. He gets cheered as usual. You know, Dominic's uh, sucker slapped him last week, and then the Miz hit him. Cody has a match with the Miz tonight, so this is where this is all tying in. Anyway, he says, Rhea, he respects what she's done. She's starting a legacy, and it's well-deserved, and he shows her respect. Well, he damn well should. Um, he reminds Dom about the slap from Ms. TV last week. They put it on the screen. Yay, recaps. Everyone loves recaps. By the way, we got about five recaps of various things that occurred between the bloodline over the last couple of weeks during the course of this Raw. Cody once again says that Brock's afraid of him, and Dominic slapped him. So he's, he wants to have some action. He's going to get some retribution. And he challenges Dominic to a one-on-one -on -one match at Money in the Bank. Um, at this point, Miz tries to attack Cody from behind, and Dom does a little hit and run, but Cody gets the best of both of them. Uh, Dom sort of runs out. The Miz gets knocked to the ground, and Rhea basically accepts for Dom. Commentary acts like they're not sure if it's official or not, but it does get made official. So Money in the Bank, we're having Cody versus Dominic. You all, you all already know that because if you're listening to the show, you've, you're probably on Twitter or on Facebook you know, and, and get all the wrestling news. So this goes directly in, into Cody versus The Miz. Um, Cody still has his broken arm. This cast is still on. We're still talking about it. Uh, yeah, this match went 10 minutes. It was fine. Uh, but Cody, of course, won after hitting the crossroads. There's not really much to say about this match, and I'm not going to pretend that there is. Um, this is what The Miz is here for right now. He's the the not lovable loser. Um you know, and, and he's just going to keep losing until there's some reason to make a change. So they let us know the money in the bank starts 3 p.m. Eastern. So remember that 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time 
U.S. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you in Australia, you can't keep time for the U.S. And the day is Saturday, July 1st. So a lot of people are going to be waiting for July 4th weekend. But And this show is in London that night. So it's at the One Center. So here in the U.S., it's going to start at 3 o'clock, which, uh, if my math is correct, that means 8 p.m. local time in London. By the way, when Cody walked out, it looked like he had some blood to, to his head. I don't know if it's one of those moles that came open or whatever, but it, it looked like it was hard way, not, not part of the show, uh, not a blade or anything like that. Um, there were ladders all around the ramp area. Uh, and Wrestling 101 Logic tells you if the ladders are there, they're going to be used. Nope, not really, barely at all. Uh, a little bit as, as a prop for an upcoming segment, but... Nobody used the ladders as a weapon, so it's just there to promote an advertiser minus the money in the bank is coming up where you climb the ladders to pull down the cases. So that was a little bit weird to have all those things out there. I mean, there there were ladders of different shapes and sizes. There were probably about half a dozen of, of them, um, you know, bookending either side of uh, where you come out during Gorilla at the top of the ramp. So very strange to not use them all. Anyway, we didn't. So there you go. Becky comes out, and as we see her making her way, she passes the Alpha Academy. Uh, Chad Gable is coaching Maxime Dupree in some moves. Otis and Maxime appear to be in their wrestling garb. Chad Gable's wearing a, a blue tennis shirt with his wrestling underoos underneath him, um, wearing a whistle around his neck. He's the coach. He's teaching Maxime some, some moves, and he's doing some training there. So that was cute. Becky smiled at it. And then we get a... Becky versus Sonya Deville recap. Becky cuts a promo or really attempts to cut a promo in the ring. Um, she gets all tongue-tied. She's basically talking about how she's never won the money in the bank match. That's one of the few things she hasn't done. And, you know, that's the real power. People think that having the world championship, that's the power. But no, the money in the bank is the power because people are always scared of you. They don't know where you're going to come from and what you're going to do. And and so you've got a lot of real power. And she gets tongue-tied and she stumbles during the promo. And who knows what she's trying to say, except that she points out that Trish is obviously scared of her. So she got herself an insurance policy in Zoe Starks. Zoe interrupted her. And she pointed out there's other things you haven't done besides um not winning uh money in the bank you'll you'll never beat Tristanus Stratus and you won't beat me at money in the bank um that's Zoe this was a cringe worthy promo exchange the crowd was going what Zoe looks like I don't know if she was trying to get that or not Becky said something that Zoe has no personality sort of true and Zoe acted like you know Becky had shot her dog or something she got like Overly upset about it. I don't know if she was overacting or what, or she just realized that she was bombing out there. But both of them bombed out there. So anyway, there was a cringe battle over them having no personalities. You know, Zoe came back that Becky doesn't have a personality either. Her only personality was when her face got busted open and, you know, something to do with her husband, blah, 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 blah. Um, so Becky challenges uh, Zoe. Um, but... They were interrupted by Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Thank goodness. Um, the match was Chelsea Green versus Becky. Um, Sonya was doing the talking mostly. Chelsea was just sort of agreeing with her, but Sonya's like, you know, I would have won the money in the bank qualifying match uh, if it wasn't for you meddling kids or rascally, rascally rabbits or some shit like that. Um, they pointed out that Trish is not at Raw tonight, and by day I mean commentary. Um, they pointed out that she was shooting, and this was Corey Gray specifically, that she was shooting her 110th magazine cover. I don't know if that's true or not. That was a very specific number. I don't know if they were just picking a big number or if she's actually, she actually keeps track of it and she's shooting her 110th magazine cover. So good for her if that's the case. Anyway, Zoe watched this entire match, which wasn't very long, and she was seated on one of the ladders. So that, that was the extent of the ladder usage, uh, dear audience, humble listeners. Um, Anyway, this was not a terrific match, and you would think with Sonya there, Zoe there, this would be an opportunity for Chelsea Green to get a rare win over Becky. But no, Sonya basically stayed on the far side of the ring near commentary. Zoe basically never left the ladder perch area, 
and ultimately Chelsea Green, uh, Chelsea Green tapped out to a disarm her and Becky with the win. So there you go. We see the Judgment Day backstage, um, and they're talking about Cody. Uh, Finn looks generally unhappy. He's looking down. He's unexpressive. He's not really participating in the conversation. Um, Damian Priest has a match coming up. He's going to face Matt Riddle for a Money in the Bank qualifying match. And Damian Priest makes it very clear that that, that uh, while he's you know cool with Dominic and Rhea doing what they're doing with with Cody, he just wants to make sure that, that he's allowed to perform alone this night. <laughs> perform alone that night doesn't that, that doesn't sound so great. Uh, when he goes to the ring, everyone else should stay behind and not interfere in this match. He wants to face Matt Riddle all on his own. So they agree to that. In principle, Finn really isn't reacting at all. He didn't even give him side eye. So we go to Priest versus Riddle for the Money in the Bank qualifying match. Uh, this was actually a pretty good match. Um, there was a top turnbuckle fisherman suplex and priest kicked out at, after two. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, about anyone kicking out of a fisherman suplex, which is basically a superplex. Yeah. Fisherman suplex up from the top turnbuckle. Um, anyway, Riddle misses the floating bro and uh, priest takes advantage of that by, uh, putting the razor's edge on and hits the razor's edge and, Priest wins one, two, three, clean over Riddle. Um, and Priest is in the money in the bank match, and Matt Riddle is not, which I'm fine with that. Uh, Priest is winning in sort of facey way. So, you know, this has been building for a while. You know, Finn has been on sort of one wavelength, Priest has been on another wavelength. Dom and Rhea sort of in their own little worlds, doing their own little things. And every now and then we see JD McDonough sort of in the background, or Finn in the background with JD McDonough. We know the backstory. Finn Balor trained JD McDonough. They're both from Ireland. Blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, so as Priest is walking up away from the ring, Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser come down. Um, they stop, and uh, Gunther and Priest face each other eye to eye on the rampway. Uh, and basically, you know, you know, they, they they give the you know we're tough guys we don't we don't like each other we don't trust each other but priest says to gunter pick his bones pick his bones and so that seems to be all the the, the encouragement gunter and kaiser need and you know so then the the still bad guys walk around each other priest makes his way back to to the back and gunter and ludwig come on into the ring and they well they pick the bones of matt riddle they beat matt riddle um uh, Kaiser, you know, holds his arms behind his back, and uh, and Gunter hits him with a defenseless chop, and Riddle's basically crying on the ring. He sold it actually pretty well, um, and they're standing over him. The music um, plays, and Imperium, or at least two thirds of Imperium, stand over Riddle, and then we cut to the uh, backstage where Kathy Kelly is interviewing Cody, um, and Cody lets us know that he's still on the path to finishing the story. He not afraid of Brock. He's not worried about Dominic and whatever he has to do. He's still finishing the story. So let us know that, that even though we don't know how he gets to SmackDown, how he gets back to Roman Reigns, he's, he's, he hasn't lost the path. He's, they didn't even mention the world heavyweight championship and Seth Rollins. And then we go to another interview segment with Byron Saxon interviewing Natalia. Well, this is boring on boring. At least Natalia was wearing an interesting top. Um, but, Byron Saxon goes to Natalia and he says to her, boy, Natalia, you haven't been the same lately. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. The same as what? Natalia turns face and heel. It's like a revolving door. She's basically the the women's version of the big show. So I don't even know what herself is. Uh, You know, uh, the gatekeeper of the women's division, a pretty good wrestler who sometimes forgets how to execute on on her own finisher made famous by like everyone in her family um anyway she's basically says you know what i don't feel like me either but who cares because being me hasn't gotten me anywhere anyway and she walks away now you know you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but hasn't natalia won everything that's to be won in the women's division i'm pretty sure she was a women's champion on multiple occasions. I know she's been a tag team champion on multiple occasions with multiple partners. Um, so, you know, whatever. I guess she just means lately, but she said never. Anyway, so what's she going to come back at? Is she going to be a heel now for what purpose and who really cares? Um, 
So we'll see. Doesn't really matter. Then we get to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They're talking in the back. They're seeking payback against Imperium. They want to know where Baldy is. Uh, didn't they hurt Baldy? Where's Baldy? They're talking about Giovanni Vinci. And so a little uh, comic pun here is that Adam Pierce popped up. You know, Ron Baldy. Um, and Kevin Owens is doing that thing where at any moment he's going to trip over a tripwire and he's going to go into his angry rage where he's talking a million miles a minute and he's his intensity level is going to get strangely high and he's going to start talking like an auctioneer, but he's going to be like, he's really upset with everything. He's going to blow up with everything. He's like, I, I can't think it ain't working. Anyway, they want the titles to be on the line uh, for reasons I'm not really sure. Um, but Pierce says he'll think about it. So we don't get that match committed just yet. Um, we then get yet another bloodline situation recap. Um, and then while we cut to Ricochet coming to the ring, uh, when we come back from commercial, we see Ricochet, but not as opponent. We see Jinder Mahal backstage with in the share behind him and they're cutting a backstage promo. That's a little bit weird. They basically Jinder says something. Wow. We beat you so badly that we, or we hurt you so badly that you couldn't even have a real match with us. We saw the fear in your eyes and that's respect. And so Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, we're going to give you another chance at a real match. The way he said the words, they made less sense than what I just said. But basically, as I understand it, or as I'm trying to interpret Ginger for, for you, dear audience, is that Ginger said that the fear they saw in Cedric's and Shelton's eyes equals respect. And just because they clobbered them so badly before the, the match doesn't mean that in a proper match that Cedric and Shelton might not fare better. So they're going to give them another shot. Um, we never hear if... Shelton and Cedric accept or not, but presumably that will be on Raw next week. Um, having said that, just because Jinder is Indian and these two guys are Indian doesn't mean that they should be working together. Jinder is not a particularly interesting speaker, and I think it would actually do this group a lot better to have a better speaker be their spokesperson. Um, you know, I know she's not around anymore, but I think Alexa Bliss would have been found she's fun for this. She's pregnant. I think Carmella would have been fun for this. She's pregnant also. Um, but there are other people. They're, 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 you know, this would have been a great position for Malcolm Bivens, Stokely Hathaway. Um, I don't know. There's like, you know, a, a whole bunch of people with personalities. I, you know, Chelsea Green, uh, Billy Kay, who also was pregnant, doesn't work for the company. There's just, you know, I think that you know maybe Rockstar Spud, who I think is still a producer with WWE. Uh, maybe even uh, Tyler Breeze, who I think is a producer for WWE. I'm not 100 if he's if he's full-time there or just periodically, but I don't know. I, I think the gender as a spokesman really isn't working for me. It's not working for me, brother. Uh, anyway, that, that's all we got out of them. So presumably there'll be that match next week. Anyway, we get Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed comes out. I'm telling you, there's still no response to him, kids. Um, the Viking Raiders came out later, and while they get a similarly tepid response, at least they get a response. They get a reaction from the crowd. Bronson Reed, there's still nothing there. Anyway, he, we then cut to a Bronson Reed pre-recorded interview, and he basically says that he squashed Ricochet and Nakamura like bugs last week because, you know, as, as we remember from the week before, he interfered in their match, which is what's causing this match between Ricochet and Bronson Reed. Um, this match is what you think would be the, the, the little man using the speed and agility, the big man trying to use his strength. Um, while this match is ongoing, Nakamura comes down to ringside, and sits down in that, you know, in that office chair that's off the side of commentary. So he's with commentary, but there's that open space between him and where the um, the security barriers meet the floor. Um, at some point, Bronson Rose, Bronson Reed throws Ricochet right onto Nakamura, of course, who's seated by commentary. And of course, that means that Shinsuke is going to get involved in the match as soon as possible. Bronson Reed is, is in the corner. Uh, Ricochet is about to hit a move, but uh, Shinsuke comes up there and uh, I think he hit, hit him with an Enziguri to the top of the head. So Reed gets the, the DQ win. Ricochet is not happy about this. They argue. Uh, and then Reed flattens them both. Um, but the faces work together and they actually do a superplex to Reed, though I'm not sure if they actually got him off the top rope, uh, on the top turnbuckle. It might have been the second. I'm, I'm not sure. But they call those superplex. Anyway, that was pretty impressive. The crowd goes, holy shit, they're bleeping out shit on the USA Network. So it's, you're just hearing, holy, mm, holy, mm, holy, mm, and that continues to go on. Um, anyway, 
We then see Sami Zayn discussing with KO about his temper and his issues, and that he's like at a 10, he doesn't need to be at a 10. KO is neurotic, but he convinces Sami that he's okay. And Sami's like, okay, if you're okay and if you're good, I, I'm going to go talk to Adam Pierce because, uh, you know, if you want to put these titles on the line, I'll, I'll let him know we're okay with it. And KO says, he's great. He's not just good, he's great. So there they go. Um, we then see Finn Balor walk into the ring. Um, and then we see Adam Pierce on the phone and he's checking to see if the tag team titles are okay to be put on the line tonight. He gets the affirmative from whoever he was talking about, the higher power. Was it Vince? We, you know, I, I've seen the reports that Vince is making changes. So was it Vince? It could be Vince. I, I, you know, listen, Vince can be making changes. Maybe he's making big changes, making he's maybe he's making little changes, but Vince hated Bronson Reed. Vince obviously didn't think much of Nakamura. So I, I you know, I, I don't know where these ideas, well, I know where these ideas come from. They're sexy. Everyone likes to hate Vince these days. Vince, you know, obviously never did anything good in wrestling, even though there'd be no wrestling in existence any longer if it wasn't for Vince. And I'm not trying to defend the guy. He's not perfect. His booking often stinks. Uh, a lot of his ideas stink. His behavior stinks. Um, in a lot of ways, he's a narcissist and egomaniac and all those other things. But, you know, anything good that happens, it's not Vince. Anything bad that happens, it's Vince. And everyone's saying Vince isn't in charge of everything. And there's just hallmarks that tell you that, that Vince is not in charge of everything. I mean, the fact that Gargano was in every match until he got hurt should tell you that Vince was not involved in everything. The fact that Kansas LeRae got rehired, the fact that the the, the OC still exists and the Michin still exists. There's, there's just... So many things that Vince would never do. Um, anyway, so let's get back to what's going on in the show. Um, we see Ricochet. He wants a match with Bronson Reed, but uh, Shinsuke says he's already got one. Um, then they have more words, and Shinsuke says, I will succeed where you have failed. So this tells me a couple things. One, obviously, this is going to continue, but it's probably going to turn either Shinsuke or Ricochet heel, uh, you know, so they have a program with each other. The other thing it tells me is that Braun Strowman's injury, which was a neck injury that required neck surgery, is probably a little bit more severe than than we thought or what's being led on. I mean, frankly, there's been almost no information. Um, but, you know, uh, we probably wouldn't be doing this if Braun Strowman was due back anytime soon. Then again, maybe, maybe he is doing a couple of months and, and it'll be Shinsuke that's the heel. And at some point, Shinsuke and Bronson Reed will put the bad tidings behind them and they'll be working against Ricochet in tandem. And and then, roar, the the monster among men comes out and saves his partner and, and we have a little tag team program there. So who knows? So I guess it could go either way, but uh, I guess we'll find out more about Braun Strowman at some point. But I don't have any more information for you. By the way, in news in wrestling... Um, there was a, the case that Raka Khan filed against about a thousand defendants. Uh, I did a show on Wrestling Soup on their Patreon with Mish about some of the legal issues surrounding wrestling, including this case, and, and told the world it was going to be dismissed on procedural grounds. It has been dismissed on procedural grounds, saying that that the the the, you know, the court it was in was improper. A couple of other things. Now the defendant has or the plaintiff has motion to file an amended complaint with within thirty days. She probably will file something. They'll probably get dismissed again. But the case where The Rock was named and you know, Eric Bischoff and Jim Cornette and Tony Khan and uh, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. I mean, Jimmy Carter was in the list of defendants. There, there were literally a thousand defendants, every wrestling promotion, uh, Home Depot, uh, the NBA, the NHL, you, you, you name it. Almost everybody was, was named in it. Uh, anyway, so it, it has been dismissed. So, who knows what's happening there? Also, a little bit of other news in the, in the jurisprudence. Um, DJ Whitmer was arrested June 4th in Boone County, Kentucky, uh, for first degree strangulation and second degree burglary, I believe. Um, I don't have further details, but it took eight days for him to post $25,000 bond. Uh, once AEW found out about it, apparently, apparently they fired him. So, DJ Whitmer. No more, no longer working for AEW. I don't have more details on who he allegedly attacked, where he allegedly burgled. These are usually domestic situations. I think some of the headlines said domestic violence, but I don't know if they know something or not. Um, you'll recall on Hammerlock Hangover a few years ago, Steve and I had Stephen P. New on on the case and uh, on the show, and we were talking about some 
uh, cases involving Kelly Klein and Ring of Honor. And Kelly Klein and B.J. Whitmer were married. I, I think they're long divorced now. Um, but she did al- allege some domestic violence. She also alleged he was gay. So, I mean, I, you know, I don't know about any of that stuff. But anyway, so that's some serious shit going on with B.J. Whitmer. But he's also unemployed. And I guess to do another, to make it a triumvirate, because things happen three. Davey Richards, uh, he has retired from wrestling again. Um, about three months ago, Davey Richards said he was retiring because of allegations of domestic abuse by his ex-wife. He denied that they, there was domestic abuse. He sort of said that when we train and spar occasionally, you know, there's physical contact and there's minor injuries, but we were just goofing around. But because I don't want to drag anyone through the mud and because I, you know, I, I want my kids to respect their mother, I'm not going to uh, fight this any longer. Uh, then I guess he tried to get back into wrestling. I guess nobody booked him or everyone canceled from his show. Um, he is, uh, um, he actually is an MD. He's actually, he's a doctor. I don't know what state he's a doctor in. But uh, anyway, after three months of whatever going on, he now denies all the allegations, even though he previously admitted them. Though so I guess if you wanted to defend them, you could parcel the content that he's only, he's only denying domestic violence. Not that there was physicality, but anyway, I don't feel like defending him. I'm not that all that invested in, in the Davy Richards story, but he's retired from wrestling yet again. Um, so there's your legal triad in the middle of this. Anyway, so when we get back uh, to Raw, Finn Balor's in the ring and he's addressing Seth Rollins, basically, uh, basically workhorse to workhorse. Uh, Finn goes back seven years and says he's been waiting seven years to, to say this to Seth. Not sure why. I don't know why he couldn't, couldn't have said it earlier, but basically he reminds us that he beat Roman Reigns. Um, he was the first ever Universal Champion. And then in the match with Seth Rollins, he had his pec torn, his bicep torn, his labrum torn, his orbital bone was broken. He lost a year of his career and it's all Seth Rollins' fault. And he doesn't blame Seth Rollins for the injuries. Um, he just, uh, he, he just is mad that he never got a chance, I guess, to get the, to at the title. Um, anyway, Seth Rollins came out obviously before he said most of this stuff. Um, and he repeated it anyway. And it took like 10 minutes for Seth Rollins, the Seth Rollins hum along to, to stop. And I can't stand the hum along. I still can't stand Seth Rollins. He dresses like a weirdo. Those, his sunglasses were pretty cool. Um, anyway, they decide to talk now. The hum along continues during the entirety of the promo. It was a little bit annoying. And, and I guess Seth thought it was cool. So he didn't really try to stop the crowd from doing it anyway. Um, so this is basically a seven-year grudge over the Universal Championship, even though now it's the World's Heavyweight Championship, but I guess a world title is a world title if you're on the show. Swell. Um, so basically, Finn said, Seth, you took everything from me, but I'm going to take everything from you. I'm going to take my power back. I'm going to take my momentum back, and I'm going to take it back of Money in the Bank. And, I'm, and Finn lays a challenge out for Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Seth laughs like an idiot. <laughs> Uh, he gives their history story as well uh, from his vantage point. He accepts saying, listen, the, the Finn Balor who's been a bitter bitch doesn't have a chance, but this Finn Balor, the Finn Balor from seven years ago, that Finn Balor, I've been waiting to see him again, and that guy has a chance. So if that Finn Balor shows up, I'll give him the match. So, okay. So the question, which Finn Balor is coming to London? Again, you know, is he the heel? Is Priest the face in the Judgment Day breakup? Are they both going to be faces? Neither? What, what's happening there? Is it that intriguing? No, frankly, it isn't all that intriguing because Judgment Day, they they are an illusion of a successful faction uh, because of all the, the stuff with Dominic and Rhea. But absent that, they've held no titles. They've achieved no real things. You know, Bad Bunny had uh, uh, you know, the interplay with, with Damian Priest. You know, if you want to call that success for Judgment Day Swell, but they were a faction formed by Edge, who was kicked out by Finn for no apparent reason. And, you know, anyway, you've heard this spiel before. They, they've never gotten tag team gold. They lost most matches. They rarely act as a, as a team with any goals. Anyway, so to be continued, it's a story anyway, sort of. Um, so, all right. So which Finn Balor is coming to London? Soon to find out. 
Raquel Rodriguez comes out. She's going to face Shayna Baszler. Now, it used to be that Shayna Baszler came out in a singles match. She's the one eating the loss. Uh, she comes out with Ronda Rousey. They, have, of course, are the tag team champions, the women, the WWE women's tag team champions. Yes, we get a recap of their confrontation with the Unholy Union, uh, which are who are the NXT women's tag team championships. And it is confirmed that there's a unification match between these two teams scheduled for SmackDown, two SmackDowns from now. So June 23rd, you're going to have the WWE Women's Tag Team titles being in a unification match against the NXT Women's title holders. So it will be Shane and Ronda, who I call the Sisters of Destruction, against the Unholy Union, who I call the greatest team ever. Um, anyway, because they've got the belts, and because Raquel has no partner, and you know, and it's not her time and it's not her story and it doesn't really matter now. And they're not trying to build up anyone for Rhea at the moment, even though they really, 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 really should. Um, Shayna wins with a little bit of Ronda's help, but not really. Rhea gets the win. Ronda just sort of uh, holds uh, Raquel's foot down, ankle down. So with a little bit of help. So Raquel's sort of protected, but Shayna gets the a solo win, um, a rare one. Then we see the same Iron Sheik uh, retrospective, the tribute to him that we saw on SmackDown. It's very good. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's a, it's a good five-minute clip uh, cataloging his career and his professional life and some stuff, you know, as he got older, but still sort of involved in wrestling. And it was fun. It was good. It's, it's you know, the, the Iron Sheik's an all-time legend. You know, you've heard me on several shows already talk about the Iron Sheik. All right. Alpha Academy comes out, and Gable is still in that that coach alpha where he's got that tennis shirt on and then the viking raiders come out to a tepid response alpha academy gets getting a pretty good response this thing with maxine dupree is working i was confused because of the coach shirt but it turns out the singles match was not otis versus eric it was eric versus chad gable so he took off his coach's shirt and he had his you know normal singlet on underneath um the side story to this is that valhalla has been sort of terrorizing maxine dupree um and she tried it again but maxine dupree uh deployed a, an arm drag. So she arm dragged Valhalla and defended herself successfully. That surprised Eric and the and the Viking Raiders. And Chad Gable used that to, to do a sunset flip uh, from the corner, and he rolled Eric up and, and scored a 1-2-3. So Chad Gable with a rare singles win over Eric of the Viking Raiders. Uh, there was no fighting between Otis and Ivar. Uh, you know, the celebratory, victorious Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupree, you know, we're cheery and happy and, and walking up the ramp and the Viking Raiders, well, you know, I guess it must be when they were losing to the British, you know, I guess when uh, Alfred the Great in Wessex was chasing the Vikings back up north, uh, you know, or, or some shit like that. We then got a package for Rhea Ripley. So Rhea Ripley, who... We have known for years and is already the champion. We already saw her. We got a video package. Was it a good video package? Yes. It would be a great video package if this was three years ago and she was first being elevated to the main roster. Anyway, it was a time filler. It was fine. Um, but again, take note that they're not really building up any singles star um, that, to challenge Rhea. I have no idea who her challenger is going to be. You know, unlike on SmackDown where, you know, Charlotte's hanging around. Bianca's hanging around. Um, and that's frankly probably uh, enough for the time being. Um, you know, I don't think heel Natty is going to go after heel Rhea unless Rhea is going to turn face. But how could they do that with Dom? And anyway, it's Natty. So who cares? Chelsea and Sonya Deville haven't won anything. Raquel just lost a, a singles match. Liv Morgan is out hurt. Carmella and Alexa Bliss are both pregnant. Not that they've won anything either. Um, uh, I think I said Chelsea Green, but she lost tonight as well. Uh, Nikki Cross is a loser, and we haven't seen her. Candice LeRae, we haven't seen her. Um, I'm not even sure what brands Tegan Knox, you know, or Zia Lee <laughs> are on, but we haven't seen much of them. Um, there's, there's a lot of women on the WWE roster, but we don't see a lot of them. Aaliyah has been, been missing for about a year, and listen, I'm not complaining. She stinks. Um, you know. B-Fab, I'm pretty sure, is still on SmackDown, and she's not a great wrestler either. But, you know, there are people. They're just not They're just not doing much with them. I, I know people don't want to have another WWE wrestling show, but if there was one, it should be an all-women show, and there should be some women's stories and maybe have, like, a, 
you know, if they're unifying those tag team belts, there, there should be probably a, a women's mid-card title, probably one in NXT, uh, the equivalent to the North American title, and probably one on the main roster to give some other women something to do and to develop and to see who's got some star power, you know, form some factions, some stables to, you know, see what happens. Um, anyway, uh, after the Rhea package, we see Finn talking to J.D. McDonough. So they're talking, and I couldn't really make up much of what they were saying, but Finn was telling J.D. that, you know, it's not important to have friends around here. That's really all I heard. You know, maybe he said, but it's wins. And Damian Priest walks up behind Finn and, you know, and, you know, there was a tap to J.D. McDonough and from Finn and J.D. McDonough, you know, they nodded each other and J.D. McDonough walks away. So obviously, you know, those two are reminding us of their connection and they're still, you know, allied at least in, in theory. Um, and they congratulate each other, you know, almost begrudgingly, but, but Priest seems more genuine about it. And he congratulates Finn on, on getting his world title shot. Um, and then Finn goes to Damien Priest. Hey, if you win the money in the bank case or when you do, you're not, you wouldn't cash that in on me, would you? And Priest is like, no, 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 no. I, I just hope that you keep your promise to me, which, he never actually made a promise. He never, he never actually said it audibly. It's just inferred. Um, so th- then we get to, uh, Kathy Kelly, who's going to grant us the great dream of having another promo with Seth Rollins, another interview with Seth Rollins. So <laughs> you know how I feel about Seth Rollins. So anyway, he's talking to Kathy Kelly. It, it looks like it's going to be nothing of any consequence. Basically, she's asking him, are you ready for, you know, mean Finn Balor? And he basically repeats what he says. You know, bitter Balor can't beat me, but uh, original Finn Balor, he's a superstar. He has a chance. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then he starts making some noises that, you know, sort of continuing the fomenting of there seems to be dissent between the members of the Judgment Day, which has sort of been the, the main recurring story throughout the night, unless you count Sammy and, uh, KO and Imperium. But I would actually call that the, the B story, even though that was the main event. Um, and Seth says he's going to have an open challenge on Raw. Well, guess who said Seth was going to have open challenges? Me. I said that. I said that when he wins this belt, uh, even before he won it with AJ, when he wins this belt, he's going to try to make this belt important, make it feel as important as Roman's belt, and have an open challenge every week. And the first week, they put him in a meaningless tag team with AJ Styles, who's not even on Raw. They won swell. Um, but after that, he didn't have the open challenge to Damian Priest, then this week off, and now another open challenge. Of course, Braun Breaker issued a challenge to Seth Rollins on NXT, and tonight, um, probably uh, after, probably before you listen to this, um, depending on how quick I am and how quickly you listen to this, we will hear on NXT if Seth Rollins accepts the challenge from Braun Breaker and where and when that match will take place. He's obviously going to accept it. It's probably going to be on NXT. I assume it's going to be on NXT TV a week from now, so the 19th. Um, I know they have a, a PLE event coming up pretty soon, but I'm not sure if it's too close to the Money in the Bank. So, you know, I guess we'll wait and see on that. But, you know, that could be fun. I mean, that could be an interesting match, and it's a heck of a test for, for Braun. I mean, no one's expecting him to win, but, you know, Seth Rollins, listen, as irritating as he is, I will never tell you he can't wrestle and he can't work with people and can't work with a variety of styles. So, you know, he's the ultimate gatekeeper. And and if Seth thinks this match went well, um, then, you know, we probably will see Braun sooner rather than later on the main roster. I know a lot of people think that he should have already been on the main roster. But those of you who follow me know that I've been sort of Braun skeptical. I'm a little bit happier now with the heel turn because at least it shows he can have a personality. He can be a heel. so we'll see. Anyway, so open challenge next week with Raw. We don't know who's going to answer it. So that that's a little bit interesting too. That's that's what he should be doing. He should be the workhorse cha- workhorse champion, defending it every week. Maybe defending it twice a week. Maybe on NXT and you know and Raw. I mean, I'm not saying he should defend on NXT all the time, but I don't think the same thing wrong with him defending on NXT. You know, one Tuesday and the night before on Monday on Raw, and then you know six days later on the next Raw also defending it. Um, yes, he's got a build up this title and his legacy and, and, you know, and it doesn't all have to be top 
contenders. It can be Dolph Ziegler. It can be, you know, uh, free agent Elias, uh, you know, it, it, it just, just so he, you know, is, is putting it up. Maybe you have, you know, four people, you know, come at the same time and then they have a fatal four way and whoever wins that is the open challenger, uh, contender in the main event. You know, it's easy way to book to help you book your show and make things a little bit more interesting. Um, anyway, we learned that Logan Paul will be at raw in Cleveland on June 19th. Uh, does that mean he's going to be the one to answer the open challenge? We've already seen this match. I mean, you could, but we've already seen this match, and it really wouldn't make sense that somebody didn't accept the open challenge in the week preceding Logan Paul appearing at Raw. Um, might they add him to the Money in the Bank match? Uh, I'm not necessarily opposed to that, uh, but I sort of like, what they've got going on in there, he, he's probably a red herring anyway. But I mean, as somebody with a money in the bank belt, he'd be a, a, a pretty good antagonist and a, and a pretty good irritant. Um, I just think that LA Knight could do the same thing if he works for the company all year round as opposed to three or four times a year. Um, so anyway, Logan Paul will be there next week as well. And they probably need whatever ratings boost that could be because we're all only did about. Uh, did under 1.6 million this week, which was which they dropped about 230,000. I have no idea what the competition was. I don't know if there were big NBA games on or not. I, actually, I think the NBA championship was on last night, and it was, and the, the Nuggets won. So, you know, but still, I've, I've always said I don't think that wrestling fans necessarily are sports fans. I will give it 10%, and since it was a, in the championship, you know, 15%, which I guess if you add, if you take 15% from 1.6 million, that basically gets you to 230,000. So I guess my math works. So I guess it's okay. Um, this was the, the championship series. Um, all right. So we get a recap next of Matt Riddle going crazy on uh, Imperium. Well, uh, Vinci and, and Kaiser last week and beating the belt up by himself and, and putting the ankle lock on Vinci, which is why he's injured, why we haven't seen Giovanni Vinci, why he wasn't uh, in the building tonight. Um, and, uh, then we see, uh, the match starting. It's the main event. It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Gunther and the Ring General and the Ludwig Kaiser. Um, KO and Gunther work great together. This probably shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. It probably shouldn't come as a surprise to me. And we've seen them work together before, but they work really well together. Um, sort of like when we saw KO with, with, uh, Solo Sokoa. Uh, it's just, some things just work. Um, maybe KO is just one of those guys that can work with anyone. Um, but I was impressed. This was actually a pretty fun match. At some point, uh, Ludwig Kaiser did a, to a tope suicida and he caught both of his toes, uh, on the, on the middle rope, uh, as most of his body, obviously the rest of his body was already had, had you know, passed the, the ring, and, but it sort of tripped it. It sort of arrested his forward progress. He did just get to hit the opponents. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because he's so tall or he got lucky or whatever, but if he was like a half an inch lower um, and caught more of his toes, they, that could have been a serious injury. Or if he wasn't as tall and missed those guys, he would land it straight on his head. Anyway, that was a close call, but I guess they call it a tope suicida for reasons. Um, maybe he should not do that move again or, or until he gets his footwork right. Anyway, uh, there was an Imperium bomb done and it looked like it was going to be a three count, but of course it couldn't be a three count. And so, uh, and you know, even Gunter was standing there to prevent KO from breaking up the, the, uh, the pin, but KO just shoved, uh, Gunter into the, into the pin and broke it up that way, which was, you know, we've seen a million times, but in this particular sequence, this was the first time I remembered anyway, and, and it looked good. Uh, and then of course, Matt Riddle came out and he's basically surrounded by officials, producers, referees, no security, but you know, there were about seven people around them trying to keep them from getting to, um, uh, to Imperium and, um, Gunter, you know, meets him while he's, you know, sort of distracted by all of the officials and kicks him right in the face and knocks him straight out. Uh, but while Gunter's out there taking care of that business, uh, he is, he himself is distracted. So when he turns around, KO 
hits him with a DDT. And so he's out of the picture and Zayn hits a blue thunder bomb to Ludwig Kaiser and the champs, of course, retain the belt. Uh, no surprises there. Of course, Kaiser ate the pin. And that takes us to the end of Raw. The champs retain. Uh, very exciting. Um, they remind us that Seth Rollins will be on, will be answering uh, Ron Breaker's uh, challenge on NXT. And of course, they're starting to do some promotions for more matches, et cetera, et cetera. Some other news that I have for you. Impact last week, June 8th, actually did well. I mean, respectively, but, you know, 137,000, which was up 11,000 from 126,000. These numbers might sound like shit, but these, this is the numbers when Kenny Omega left Impact. So now before Kenny Omega started with Impact, they were averaging about 175,000 a week. So the partnership with AEW obviously didn't do much good, but uh, you know, I will never forget the 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 goalpost because I was keeping track. So when Kenny Omega lost the championship, um, I think it was to Christian, uh, Impact had sort of done like two or three weeks in a row at 133,000. And and they just basically either stayed the same or continued to go down. There were some weeks where Impact, I don't know, probably three or four months ago, did 76,000. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if people are turned off to AEW and they're trying something else. I don't know if they're turned off by the CM Punk stuff generally in the ter- and they're tuning into into Impact to give it a chance. I don't know if it's people who've given up on NWA and MLW and they just want to make sure that they're checking out, you know, alternates to the big two. Uh, maybe it's disgruntled WWE fans who don't like what they're seeing. They thought Vince was gone and now they feel he's still around or now that they've had a, a you know, almost a year Triple H, they realize it really isn't all that different from Vince, you know, or, or as I like to call it, a, a hybrid of the worst instincts of Vince and the worst in- instincts of Tony Khan combined. Uh, but whatever it is, Impact's doing a little bit better. Can they keep it up? I don't know. They have so many pay-per-views that, you know, that, that, Every four weeks is a go-home show, and every five weeks is the show after a pay-per-view. And since not a lot of people are buying them, maybe people tune in just to see what's going on um, to keep their nose in it. But anyway, listen, up is up. That, that's all I can say. And I can't say the same for the, the show that comes after Impact, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling. They went down 7,000 from 55,000 down to 48,000. So not exactly great. Um, some other news. The collision ticket sales in Canada and in the U.S. There's a, I think, a Greenville, South Carolina show and a Newark, New Jersey show. Um, they're doing pretty piss poor, and I think like most of the Canadian shows have, like one of them has under a thousand tickets sold. I think even in Toronto, uh, there's like fifteen hundred tickets sold. So in, in big buildings, um, so they're doing really bad now. You know. We talked about this on Hammerlock Hangover, which yeah, hopefully you'll listen to either later tonight or tomorrow. Um, Steve's doing the editing. Um, but, you know, people need to see what's going to be on that show. Who's going to be on that show? We, we've we heard who we think will be on the show, but that's only six or seven names. That's that's not a roster. A roster is, you know, 30 or 40 people, um, including some tag teams and some women and women's tag teams and Thunder Rosa. We're not sure about her health and, Andrade, we're not sure if he's even willing to play nice with this group. So, you know, I think the the ticket buyers in these cities are are wise. They want to see if Collision is going to be a TV show like Dynamite that you probably want to see if you're an AEW fan because things that are important will happen. Or if it's going to be more like Rampage where it's shit or Ring of Honor where it's just shit. Um, you know, and who's on, you know, who's on the card? What kind of feuds are they going to have? What kind of, you know, are you going to see powerhouse Hobbs facing Lance Archer, or are you going to see powerhouse Hobbs facing Serpentico, you know, or Angelico? I mean, so, you know, what are we going to be seeing? What titles will be on those shows? So I think people are being wise with their dollars, especially since this is a TV show, which presumably will air, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's on TNT in the U S it's on, I forgot the name of the channel. It is on a channel in Canada, but it, it's like a, I think it's a pay for channel. Um, it's not a regular robust broadcast channel or, or regular, I think it's TS2, TN2, something like that. Um, I think they're, they're on some, I think they are on a regular broadcast channel in England or the UK, but nowhere else as of yet. Um, 
A little bit of other news. WWE has a tour in Germany, and there's a few shows been announced during October, so it's going to be WWE Oktoberfest coming up, so that's fun. So if you're in Germany or you want to go to Germany and catch some wrestling, that might be a good time to go. Anyway, folks, three-hour Raw, under an hour, got you some news. You know I hate doing solo shows, but I want to make sure that, that we don't miss two weeks in a row for Machismo. So we got it. It's here. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow me, it's on Twitter. It's at IcarusFellMD. And follow all of my shows right here on the PWC, including my non-wrestling shows, Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Um, Garden of Doom is things that go bump in the night, mythology, history, alternate history, some geopolitics, science, science fiction, pop culture, uh, cryptids, things, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Wicca philosophy, all, all sorts of fun, exciting things there. Garden Views uh, it is more topical, more legal, more science, topics like cryptocurrency, cybersecurity. Uh, we had a case about a wrongful prosecution uh, or show about a wrongful prosecution um, involving the feds. And tomorrow I'm releasing a show on a wrongful prosecution and a wrongful disbarment on the state level where the feds had to come in and arrest basically everyone in a court system. So you're not going to want to miss that. Last week I had Professor Patricia DiGennaro with six things going on in the world that you need to know about. So check out Garden Views, Garden Doom. Hopefully you'll check out Hammerlock Hangover, all the shows on the PWC. If you've got five bucks, you can give that to the Hameen Media Group, and you can see uh, us, among others, on Smack Attack and Uncaged. Um, Uncaged covers Rampage, just a double show, and Smack Attack is uh, myself, John Enright, Chris Am, sometimes Jimmy T, when we can find him. And that covers SmackDown, but a lot of other news and a lot of other those, those conversations tend to be a little bit more open ended. Um, so yeah, check that shit, shit out. Um, this week I'll I'm going to try to make an appearance on Drew Yari's 300th show because I've been part of the Yari Six and I'm on his Patreon. And uh, also shout outs, so shout outs to Drew and congratulations, and shout outs to Wrestling Soup, Hammerlock uh, Hangover Garden Views and Garden Doom Awards on the Wrestling Soup Network. Uh, and I might be doing some work with Andrew Carlock. I think he's starting up False Count Radio again on the Wrestling Soup Network with a rotating group of co-hosts, and I think I'm one of them. So I guess more on that to come. Anyway, thank you for sticking with us. Again, hope it wasn't too terrible to have a solo show with me. Um, but at least it's under an hour. Stay evil, my friends. <laughs>